Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your co-host, Angie Rogers Howell. Now, what is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast where we feature awesome women in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Today, our premier sponsor is Schaefer Leadership Academy. Find out more at SchaeferLeadership.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Rabbit Tattoos. Find out more about them at LuckyTats.com. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Laura Williamson, Executive Director and Artistic Director of the Muncie Civic Theater. As most of you know, Angie and I are very involved with the Muncie Civic Theater here in town. Uh, I've been on the board for a couple of years, and then I got off the board. Angie's now on the board, but you've also performed at the theater. I have. I've done a a few shows, several shows, actually. Um, I started way back... I think it was two way out. back. I, mean, I don't know about way back. It was just a few back. years ago. It was a few years ago, but Zuzu was a baby. Um, it was 2014, I suppose. So yeah. I decided she was born. She was only five months old, so I don't know what decided that this was a good idea. <laughs> this, this, this is to get me back, I think. So Yeah, maybe. But uh, So I decided, you know what? I want something for myself, a hobby for myself. I you know, own a company. I do all this stuff. I have kids and grandkids, and life was crazy. So I'm like, I want a hobby for me, you just wanted to escape well, the craziness maybe. <laughs> of the Howe household. But that could be possible, too. I don't know. Anyway, so I got involved in Muncie Civic Theater. I went to an audition for my son, Pinocchio. Um, so that was my very first one that I was in. I was just in the ensemble. I sang a few songs. I danced a couple things. Now, side note, this is where you met Amy Leffingwell, it who is. is now our project manager here yes. at the Farmhouse Creative. We did all kinds of arts and crafts and made props for the show and wrangled kids behind the stage and pinned uh, flower crowns to little girls heads and all kinds of stuff so we had a bonding experience over over all of that so that's how i met amy Mm -hmm. um so it always pays you never know where you're gonna meet uh employees clients any of those kinds of things so that's pretty cool so since then i've done lots of different shows i like the i like the musicals because i like to sing Mm -hmm. i don't like to dance as much because i'm not you tried that one time in an audition, you told me. I did, and it was terrible. It was for some... I can't even remember what show it was for. It was that same time as Pinocchio, and it was some college-age Latin salsa dancing, and I went up there, I'm like, oh, I am in the wrong place for this. <laughs> this is not me. Um, so anyway, so I did that. Um, I, I like to just sway. I was in Rock of Ages, and yeah. they put me on the stairs a lot, so I just got to like sway back and forth. So that was fun, but I like uh, I like the musicals. I like to sing. Um, I've been in a couple of studio shows upstairs, so those are fun. Uh, I was in The Christians. Yes. So that was interesting. Uh, that that was, was a studio production. That was a studio production. It was a little more serious than some of the shows that I'm in, um, but it was fun. It was cool to kind of explore and a great cast you also uh uh became friends with uh ashton yep who ended up being tarzan here recently yes but, uh back at that time i found out he was a he was a dj as oh well. yeah yeah so we've been able to pass work back and forth to each other uh if i'm booked i, I send them to him and vice, him versa, and vice versa all that kind of stuff so I've, we've made all kinds of friends and connections there um it's really expanded kind of my horizons of how i see people and diversity and all ages and abilities and all that kind of stuff so it's just a cool cool place to 
to belong and, and all that kind of stuff. At a former job, my office was right next to the Muncie Civic Theater. Yeah. The green room was right behind my office. Like yep. there was a door and that was the <laughs> Civic Theater. And you could always tell when it was weekend, a show Tech weekend. Tech week or show weekend. Yes, it was crazy back there. Because uh, you had to stuff. share the bathrooms back there with yes, them. Yes, everything was everywhere. There was feathers everywhere, it seemed like, all the time. I could imagine, yes. So now when I go to the green room, because they've remodeled all of it back there, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this used to be Matt's office. This is so weird. (laughs) Kind of cool, but kind of (laughs) weird. It's really cool. Hoping to get Zuzu involved in it sometime soon. Now that she's going to be starting kindergarten and all that. So she can get involved in their kids programs and all that. So even though they're not a sponsor, they're not a sponsor. I still want to tell everybody to go to MuncieCivic.org because that is a farmhouse creative production. That's true. As well. uh, With Brittany Covert's help, of course. Yes. Um, But yes, go there and uh, check out an audition and give it a shot. Absolutely. Our premier sponsor today is Schaefer Leadership Academy. Find out more at SchaeferLeadership.com. So the Schaefer Leadership Academy, they have some events coming up, right? They do. They've got a workshop coming up uh, on August 22nd, presented by Tisha Gerhart, our very own. Way to go, Tisha. Go, Tisha. It's called Inspiring a Shared Vision. Together, we can explore why leaders passionately believe they can make a difference. Participants will learn how to envision the future by imagining exciting leadership and explore methods to enlist others in a common vision by appealing to the shared aspirations of the group. You can check them out and find out more. Register online at shaperleadership.com. In the studio with us, we have Laura Williamson, Executive Director at the Muncie Civic Theater. How are you doing today? Matt and Angie, I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for stopping by. Mm -hmm. Now, quick funny story for our Mm -hmm. listeners. This was the first time that I ever started recording and things weren't right. So we're taking a second stab at this. Take two. We already talked to uh, Laura for 20 minutes. You know what? That's kind of, it's like a rehearsal. That's what I do. What what better person I believe in rehearsal. (laughs) So I'm just saying thank you. No problem. Very good. Well, number one, tell us about your role at the Muncie Civic Theater. I am the executive director and the artistic director, which is a mouthful. Mm -hmm. And so we usually just go with executive director, except, uh, you know, in certain circles, it is probably more accurate to describe my role as the artistic director, the decisions that I make, the committees that I serve Mm -hmm. on, and and, and just my background in general lend themselves to that. Yeah, a little bit of everything, I think. Sure. Well, a little bit. Everybody does a little bit of everything. That's true. There's many hats as the executive director. I know uh, we we went through a capital campaign together, and so you had to have that hat on. I know. And then take that off. You ran like two or three shows that season. Yes. Or the seasons, I guess, that you've been there. How long have you been there? Well, that's a good, that is a good question. Um, Officially since 2008. Okay. Yes. Um, so Michael and I, my husband, Dr. Michael Williamson, mm-hmm. oncologist, I always, my joke is hopefully you don't know him because then it would be, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's bad, I know. Unless maybe from Civic, right? If I'm yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's good. Because he's lovely and, and we, we like him a lot. Yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We moved here for the first time in 2001. Okay. Yeah, for Mike's uh, residency. So he graduated from medical school in Michigan State. We did undergrad together um, at Flint U of M. We graduated there. I was in theater. He was in pre-med. Okay. Finished medical school, and we got married somewhere in there. And uh, we came here for the for the residency. 
not knowing that we would stay. Mm-hmm. So he got the job. And ironically, he did not know at the time that he wanted to be an oncologist. So they mm-hmm. were actually building the cancer center. Oh, okay. And and he was still like every month he would go into these um, different rotations and like, was like am I going to be a you know cardiologist mm-hmm. or an, you know he, w- he knew he wanted to specialize, but he didn't know what. And um, and it ended up being oncology. He really gelled with the other the other docs. And then we ended up going to St. Louis University for. Uh, three years for him to do a fellowship and so in 2007 we moved back and then in 2008 uh, I got involved here okay so Civic was struggling a little bit at the time in 2008 Um, I just remember we bought a farm so that's a a, a passion that we have is just animals and oh gosh this farmhouse was amazing at a creek and we just we really loved it and we thought we would live there forever um, so it was a lifestyle, chickens, goats, mm-hmm. oh, I mean, yeah. the works, oh, yeah, yeah. the works, <laughs> you know, all in. I milked nice. a goat every yeah. day, and, I, and I, I loved it. I keep telling Matt we need to get goats, goats but are, he's, uh, not, no, he's no. not on board. I got some stories. Uh, <laughs> we got chickens, and they were chickens supposed to be good. my chickens, but mm. then they turned into Matt's chickens. Do you name them? We did the rogue ones. We had some mm. that would like escape their pen mm-hmm. and everything, so we mm-hmm. they had all like Gertrude and yeah. Gladys and yeah. Ethel. I'm trying to think of the chicken from Chicken Run, because that's what we named her, because she always got away from us. <laughs> yeah, we had one who she would not be contained. Um, as we started getting more involved at, at Civic, um, and then Mike was driving from the hospital out to the farm, and then from the farm up back to Civic, and then back, you know, it was like yeah. we were just in the car all the time. Mm-hmm. And so um, we, we moved downtown eventually in 2011, and, and, and we're very happy. We I think someday we'll probably have a farm again mm-hmm. at some point. Just I love gardening and all that. So 2008, we, we did a fundraiser for Muncie Civic Theater. It was a show that I had um, scene produced, and I had also produced it at a church, um, so there wasn't a, a copyright or a um, a royalty okay. fee, licensing right? and all Thank that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should know what that is. And um, <laughs> so it, I, I got permission to do it for free, and it was actually out of print. And the, I, I called the publisher, and they said, "Yeah, you can make copies of the script. We don't even have any more." <laughs> sure, <laughs> and, go um, right ahead. It was a big cast, and mm-hmm. so we came in, and, and um, that sort of was our foot in the door. It was called a time for Christmas, and and so the folks at Civic at the time, it was very successful, mm-hmm. and they asked us to come back and do it again as part of their season the mm-hmm. following year. So that would have been in two. 2009. And then the following year, um, I was invited to come on the board. And then I started directing. And 2010, I played Dolly in Hello, Dolly, mm-hmm. which was that was such a joy. Um, I had I had played Dolly as a 16 year old when I was in high school. Fun. And then I did it like the year I turned 40. That was such a different, you know, like I knew yeah. so much more of life. Yeah, you, know? you have a whole different take <laughs> on things by then. At that time. Yeah, right? yeah, and sure. uh, um, but what a what a beautiful experience for me. So so and in so many ways, Muncie Civic has been um, a place where I have received so much joy. Uh, my family has just thrived there, and, and I'm gonna say everybody's involved. In yeah, it's a whole yeah. it's a f- whole family experience. <laughs> well, you know, Michael's story is, is I enjoy telling it because w- when we met in in his early, in his early twenties, mm-hmm. he didn't know if he wanted to be a doctor or a musician. Like he was mm-hmm. that like so all through undergrad, he was playing in bands mm-hmm. and and um, singing and and. He didn't have a, he had not done a lot of music conducting, but he always thought like, maybe that's the thing I want to do. Maybe I want to like explore and become like a professional conductor. Mm -hmm. And he actually went to medical school and then we kind of call it the sabbatical. He withdrew Mm -hmm. because he just wasn't sure he wanted to do this. And he really looked hard at doing, at doing music. He ultimately decided he went back, he reapplied and got back in to medical school and was sure about it this time. And really what it came down to was that he was, um, he felt like if he ever did medical, medicine 
um, he could have a hobby of music, but if he chose only music, it would be, he would right. have you to can't really have a hobby of medicine. No, you can't. You just can't be like a doctor on the side, yeah, you yeah. know, although I do joke that that is his, his, you know, like he said, he said his side job so is just cancer on the side. That's not true. He's, he's a full-time oncologist, <laughs> but anyway, it allows him to really be his whole self, you know, and to use all sides of himself. And I think that's what allows him to be a better doctor and a better um, husband and father and just person. Awesome. And I see that in so many people where um, they get to explore different roles on stage and off because it's not just actors. It's people that are sewing and painting and building and they have this skill that at, at home in their daily lives or in their career, they may not get to use. Right. And, and we have a need for all of that. And Absolutely, so it's, it's this yeah. place where people can come, you know, just use a different skill set. Now, how long have you been executive director? Since 2016. All right. Now, is that a, a big change from what you were doing to it, the yes. role you live now? Yes. I, ultimately, yes, because I'm working full time. And I was, but I was involved. I was a very hands-on president. I mean, every, all of our presidents are. I oh, mean, yeah, they, for that, sure. that is, it is. That's a big, right. You were president of the I board was. for at least yes. three, six for, years, something like well, that? Well, right. So um, vice president for two and then uh, president for two. So okay. it's four years in the executive, which... Um, you know, like any nonprofit, that is the governing board, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. so my job now as executive director, I work for the executive board, for the mm-hmm. president, the vice president, and, and the and the board of directors, right? That was that was helpful to have come from that because I, I really understood how the organization worked. I also sometimes say that having grown up in the church, my dad was a minister, that it's that's seeing him be, you know, un- working for a board of directors, right. right, which is led by different committees and a mm-hmm. nonprofit, certainly. I understood that. Like, I, there wasn't this idea that, I mean, there's authority, and, there, and, and my, my opinions and uh, voice is valued, but I also understand how decisions get made. Now, take me back. Where, mm-hmm. Where'd you come from? Oh. Were you born in Muncie? I was Probably not. not. <laughs> I, was actually, I was actually born in California. Oh, California. Okay. Uh-huh. My dad was uh, doing seminary out there, and... And then his first church that he took was in Quincy, Michigan, little farm town. And mm-hmm. then um, middle school and high school were in Youngstown, Ohio. And that's where I, I started college at Kent State. Okay. Took a little time off just to travel and have an adventure. I have a really adventurous spirit. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to go to Europe and backpack around for a while. So I did that. And, awesome. And uh, when I was, I had that out of my system and um, I was ready to come home and home had moved. My parents had moved back to Michigan to a different town though. Okay. So he'd taken another church in the Flint, Michigan area. And that's where Michael and I met was actually at a community theater. So um, that's, it's kind of a special story. We yeah. were, we were doing Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, I was auditioning. I was, I was doing a lot of college theater, but um, I, I had, Fiddler is like my show. That mm-hmm. was the first show I'd ever done in high school. And I, I just love it. And so I said, I'm going to go and do this community theater. Um, at the time, we have a really, I value so highly the relationship we have with Ball State Theater and mm-hmm. Dance. And the students are encouraged to come over. And we love when they come over. It's yeah. really good. Um, it was not the case. Uh, that is, and that is, I guess I value it because I understand that that's not always that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the the college theater that I was at had had a, had a kind of a, a lower opinion of the community theater. Mm-hmm. But I, I was like, well... I still really like Fiddler on the Roof, so I'm just going to go do <laughs> I'm it. I'm going to go slum it's it over. It's still America. Yeah. <laughs> <Community theater. laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> pain, no. yeah. 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 Now Michael, he's yeah. he's uh, studying to be a doctor. That's right. He was pre med, so we were even though we were and we ended up graduating together, but we we would never like we would never been any classes together, right. you know. And uh, so we met at the audition actually and there was like a the arguments per chicken hodl argument scene was our first things we ever said to each other <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah we we got engaged pretty quickly after that and and got married the following year so um michael went to medical school mm-hmm. and i'm trying to think so it was like 2001 and he got, you have to do a, a residency mm-hmm. so you applied all these places and and he got accepted at muncie so we came here without the intention that we're going to like put down roots and right. have our family and stuff. Um, I will say that my parents, uh, my dad had taken his last uh, large congregation. So he was a pastor at First Baptist. Um, and so he came here in 2001. Okay. okay. And so that, that actually, that did inspire us a little bit. Like that was one of the places that Michael applied to. And it just was it's what worked out yeah so yeah yeah, it's kind of cool yeah you've got family there and all yeah that's nice because you don't always get that no that's for sure and wherever and at that time it was time to have a baby i guess i was just like Mm -hmm. like one day like literally i was like oh i know what's missing a baby you know (laughs) (laughs) it's time i know know? about that too yes (laughs) isn't that funny matt did not agree but no i had already had that time (laughs) three other times i was done but (laughs) i but i won obviously And, and, and Zuzu is so happy. She <laughs> yes. is so happy. She is great. Don't worry. Good. No, no, for sure. For sure. No, but we we had a farm like like you guys. We yeah. we bought, our first little farm we bought was out in Selma. Okay. And um, we did chickens, and that's that's the first time we had goats. Okay. Was out there, and um, we loved it. And yeah, I, I really, it really was. And I was um, well, I'd been performing when we were in Flint. I was doing a lot of theater there, and, mm-hmm. and I worked at kind of a high end um, murder mystery troupe. Oh. And um, when when Mike was in medical school, and that was a lot of fun, and did some dinner theater performing around the state. Taffetas oh, was yeah, actually Taffetas one of the shows that, that you, yeah. I directed that, and yep, you were in and that. And I was in it. You it were was, so good in it was that. So fun. I mm. loved it. Love that show. We should do Taffetas too. I agree. <laughs> Taffetas Christmas. Taffetas Christmas yes. would be amazing. I think it would be okay. great. Right. I'm in if we do it again. Oh, I want that's got to happen. Okay. All right. That's actually a funny story because the Taffetas is set in Muncie, Indiana. Now, yes. it's not, none of that's true, right? Right. right? But um, based on the Middletown studies in the 80s, he wrote this off-Broadway show called The Taffetas based on the Lennon sisters who who were real, four mm-hmm. sisters that yeah. sung this music from the 50s and their mm-hmm. dresses and the hair and stuff. And they would perform on like the Lawrence Welk show and, and different places. Anyway, um, he wanted to create this... Uh, family like like based on that idea right but set them in like the quintessential america town and so he chose muncie indiana based on like the middletown stuff so um he came here i guess i mean i, I don't know how you know but but he did so all the did story his goes so the story goes <laughs> yeah. he did his muncie research right awesome. and it, yeah. and it's like the whole script is peppered with like different yeah muncie, different muncie icons mm-hmm. like the and moose the, lodge yeah, i was trying to think like um drive-in or something the, yes yeah, yeah, that's right honey di- creek yeah. it's all the stuff I'm doing this in Flint, Michigan. So I was uh, cast in this uh, like production that was traveling around, singing about Muncie, talking about it because it's all like, it's all in between the songs right. where you do all the There's talk a and like, yeah, little, the little chit chat. Yeah, and um, 
and then literally it worked out that Mike got the residency in Muncie around the same time. And That's I, so, so funny. It's so bizarre. I feel like I, like, uh, you know. You're like, I know this place already. I know it. <laughs> so bizarre. I remember going to rehearsal and because we would, we, we did the show for like a year and a half. And then we'd like, every time we'd get a gig, we would pick it back up and mm-hmm. rehearse it. And sometimes we'd switch out the parts, yeah. and you know, depending if someone couldn't make it. And uh, so we were back in rehearsal and I was like, you guys are not going to believe this. <laughs> Guess where I'm going. I'm moving to Muncie. That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah. So that whole group, like it was so ironic. I just Mm -hmm. couldn't really get over it. Right. So we came and we did it, the show at my dad's church because he had had just taken the church like six months before. So we stood in their fellowship hall Mm -hmm. and it was just kind of a fun thing. But that was a really cool like that that whole friend group like came and saw us you know and stayed with us our farmhouse and um we went to the me zoo do you remember remember the me zoo that we lived out by that (laughs) oh yeah yeah. it was yeah it was really it was pretty awesome that's what brought us to muncie and then and then we michael did his oncology fellowship and and we came back in 2007 uh other than fiddler on the roof Mm -hmm. are there other productions you've done that uh you love i really loved uh tarzan in a way oh the recent one the recent one in a way that I did not expect to. Mm-hmm. And that one snuck up on me. That I, I will say that um, I there's certain shows that I kind of go after, and mm-hmm. then there's certain shows that land in my lap. And and I in my role, like if that's my job is to find and to put together all the production teams. And if I'm struggling to find someone, I will end up doing it. Like I'm always the fallback, mm-hmm. you know. And and typically in the past few years, I've directed one or two big ones a year, never back to back, because that's literally almost impossible, but you know, spread out. Um, and then Michael and I, if I direct, he likes to music direct. That's mm-hmm. Although I will say that he is getting requested more. And this year, uh, he, well, he did do Tarzan together. That's true. But I did Wonderful Life, which was not a musical. Right. And he did Crew for that, oh. which was... Oh, yeah. I saw him work in Crew. That I know. That was so fun. That was, yeah. It was... He, <laughs> different he, he, Yes. You usually see yes. his hands flying out, right. the, uh, right. out of the pit. That's yeah. right. Yeah, he learned a whole other skill set. Tarzan was so personal. And, and I think that, you know, like when you look at the big Disney musicals, like Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid... I I think that the story of Tarzan, I mean, I know that it wasn't the same level of blockbuster movie that the others were, mm-hmm. right? But for me personally, uh, that story is so, it's lovely because of the adoption story. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that people think of Tarzan as an adoption story, but if you've ever lived an adoption or, mm-hmm. or a blended family, you know, it's it's really powerful to see that played out in such a profound and beautiful way. And so when I read the script, I, I thought, oh, I definitely don't want to farm this one out I want I want to <laughs> I direct want this, this one for one. myself yeah, yeah. this will this will be really personal mm-hmm. and um uh, our daughter Jing Jing is adopted from China okay. and she came to us when she was six years old almost six five but um so it's 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 not only just the there's a lot of heartache in adoption um she has a lot of questions you know mm-hmm. she's 11 years old now and we, we talk about it you know she obviously looks different than we do and you know I think about Tarzan you know like just mm-hmm. like just that idea of like I look very different than you and mm-hmm. those are conversations that we have you know all the time at our house you know and, and helping her navigate that emotionally and so this was a, it was beautiful for her to be a part of that and and feel like you know not only is this is it her story but it's a lot of people's stories too mm-hmm. yeah you know? absolutely I was not in this show but mm-hmm. I watched it and I you know we're a blended family sure I'm a stepmom and I mm-hmm. was like oh I I, I do totally I get that yeah. like uh, yeah. the adoption and you know you're not my blood mm. but I would do anything for you yeah. 
um, and yeah. all of that. And family's fa- my my motto is family's family, no matter what. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it really did it hit home with me as well. Plus, yeah. the show was technically awesome. I mean, it was amazing. Thank you guys. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. It was I, really, I really good. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I had I had an amazing group of people. And we love the video, the promo video for it. Thank you. You guys did so good. It was really good. (laughs) Thank you. That was so much fun. Yeah, it it really was. And we took Zuzu, and now at least once or twice a week, she listens to music while she's going to sleep on her little uh, speaker in her room. Yeah, and uh, she asks to listen to Tarzan like two or three times a week. So you know, she loves it. That's that's (laughs) great to hear. And there's really there's almost no no song in that show that isn't fabulous and mm-hmm. i also didn't really expect that you yeah. know i mean like you like you think about peter pan and mary poppins and you know all those songs but you're like okay well tarzan you know you'll be in my heart but there's a ton of other really great music yeah, it's really good she loves it yeah. she listens good. to it all the time good. so now we hear it drifting right. down our stairs because <laughs> she doesn't like to listen to it quiet I'm like right. you're supposed to be getting sleepy and it's like it's crazy. whatever it's fine what is something you wish you had known when you started out what would you tell your younger self? Oh, that's that is such a great question. That's a oh, I gotta get in my meditative stance here. <laughs> <laughs> we got the serious questions think, now. This is uh, I need to be outside every day at some point. Like that, being connected. So probably having a farm again mm-hmm. would be another adventure um i i love just being close to the seasons it's I say the land and i'm not i'm not so much about like planting things although i i do garden it's close to the seasons the change of seasons how every week of the summer of the fall of of every of every year it feels and smells different um mm-hmm. i just feel really connected to that i we live on washington street and so the greenway is a really big part of my life oh yeah and so i still i experience it in a in a very small and confined way mm-hmm. i think that would probably be it is that at some point again to have maybe like a tree farm i love trees mm-hmm. i don't know that's a thing um cool. travel but travel is probably for me the thing that i i miss the most right now because of um, my family and my job um, I also want to travel with them. I like being with them a lot. Yeah. So I don't want to like just go off and See do ya. my own thing. No, peace no. out. See I would you later, want to, kids. Yeah. <laughs> like that. I mean, the idea of maybe traveling for a year with my family, like going different places, mm-hmm. and having having had an experience like that, um, I know how it profoundly affected me, and I, I want that for my children at a younger age because I think seeing the world. Um, and being impacted by different cultures, and and it really it really awakened me to a love of history that I really didn't have before, and also a sense of of being an American in a, in a way that I did not have before until I as, until I stepped outside this country for for more than a week, you know, or a, like a vacation, you right. know, but but for a little bit of extended. Where I remember like hearing you know an American's talk and just being like just listening to the sound of you know what 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 we just take for granted, right. you know what I mean? Feeling like wow, I'm I have really stepped outside my culture. But then I think that that's it, it's very informative because to be on the outside looking into something can tell you a lot about, you know, mm-hmm. where you are and, and where you want to be. I think I would tell my younger self to to really – how, how about this? Because um, this is a thing that, that in, in working with the youth program and trying to structure that mm-hmm. at Civic, um, to, to like what are the guidelines? What are the like, – what's so – if we talk about like wanting – to teach character development, right? How a character, you know, starts here, but then they end up here and they change and they grow. And what is the arc character development? But what is what does that mean in our daily lives? Mm-hmm. So that what's what's the takeaway? So when the show is over and we put it all away, you know, have have you what is your own character development? Like how do you become the hero in your own story? 
right? And I think the, the, the basis of that is authenticity. That if you can be authentic in a character on stage, do you have the same courage to be authentic in your life? Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that being immersed in theater and not just being an actor. Because I think, you know, when I was maybe 18 or 19, just starting out, like that's that's all I saw for myself. That's all I had done, you know, right. was perform in shows. And so there wasn't the, a bigger picture that I that I would work in producing or that I would work in casting or that I would work in just the, the, the behind the scenes or just the business end of it alone, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that it's just so much bigger. It really does come back to that, that kernel of truth, which is just being authentic. Now, one thing the theater has really expanded over the past few years is mm-hmm. the children's programming. Mm. Tell me about yeah, that. Ex- talk about expanded. <laughs> exploded. <laughs> yeah, exploded, exploded yes. more like. Exploded. Yeah. For sure. So two words, Willy Wonka, which is also coming up, I lest know. I forget. Don't forget. <laughs> August 16th. Yes, I've been seeing the promotion. Opening night. It's going to be great. It's going to be a beautiful show. Um, Nathan Hart is going to do a wonderful job oh, as Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, no, but Willy Wonka five or six years ago in a, was our youth program, and our youth program started with Ball State theater education majors coming over, and we were a venue sort of like Northside Burris, mm-hmm. uh, where students were sent to do, and they were graded to do a. a to direct a show because that's what they're going to do. They're going to be in a school directing plays, and so they go into our schools in the Muncie district and direct. And so Civic opened up. Uh, Michael Dane was a big part okay. of that, creating that opportunity for kids. Mm-hmm. And not just one director, but like a whole team. So okay. the choreographer, the music. So it was all Ball State students. I remember, I mean, it'd be like 30, 30 kids would come out. And what we were similar to the schools. We were not under any obligation. My, my own children were auditioning and stuff. You know, I wasn't in, in this position right now. Right. So I'm just watching it happen. Mm-hmm. And they would cut kids because that's just, that's what you would do. It, it wasn't set up for like, if everybody comes in, we're going to find a place for them. Right. There's only so many, only so many roles. So that's right. The rest of you guys. That's sorry. right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And so, so that began a conversation about how are we as a community theater different than at a school, mm-hmm. you know, which that yeah. began that conversation. Mm-hmm. And the, and also the criticism that was leveled at us, and fairly so, was that, you know, some of the same kids were getting cast. I mean, it's, you know, every director, every college student director, you know, wants their show to be great, and so they're going to cast the best people, and sometimes certain people are more talented than others, and so we're starting to see the right. same faces. Mm-hmm. So then the criticism was, well, is it, here we were, and, and, and I would say that at that point, this is probably like 2011, 12, um, theater was getting better, but you know we were not experiencing the success in numbers that we are now mm-hmm. today in 2019. But here's a place where people wanted to come, and then we're saying, eh, you know, and and also it's a tuition-based program, right? Mm-hmm. So they're they're paying to come, which is also different than a main stage show. You know, if right. you're in a main stage or studio show, you know, there's no there's no cost, you right. know, just to come and and be in it. But that's what we started looking at, and we and we started saying how what would happen if we just said we are going to find a place for everybody. There's there's got to be a way in. 120 people can come out for some of these shows. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. We we can't actually even fit that many people on the stage. You know, I mean. For a main stage show for us, a cast of 40 to 45 is, is I want to say, large, but that's kind of where we've, mm-hmm. we've been. So Willy Wonka Jr., back in 2012, uh, 100 kids came out. So they cast 50. So I don't know what it was about Willy Wonka that, you know, all these numbers came out. 
So, so after that, we said, let's figure this out. And so what ended up happening in time was we, we diversified the ages. We created, eventually, over the course of about four years, we created four different programs mm -hmm. so that if the, if the kids were going to come out, we had a place for them. Um, it started off where, where the kids were doing four shows. Now they do two shows, but, they're, but we're not having a cast of like 70. Right. It's a cast of like 35 or 40. And that's, that's manageable. You know, yeah, um, get a hundred kids on stage oh. and it's like a zoo, <laughs> right? Right, and so and so that's been our struggle is we want the quality of the program to be good. We want we want to include everybody, but we also want them to have a, a good experience. Mm -hmm. And if you're just hurting cats, and you know, so how do we you know balance that? Yeah. So, so really being being a part of the team on the education committee has been a really big commitment and I think I think that we're landing on our feet with it um, I'm very proud of this program we have we have now a K through three sorry K through two apologies okay. uh, prelude is K through two uh, act one is third through sixth act two is seventh through through twelfth okay and then we have now we have the encore program and that's for act one and act two and right. those are in our studio and those are plays so that we can really focus on acting, you know, just moment to moment work and go a little bit deeper than you can sometimes in a musical because mm -hmm. you're dealing with music and choreography and, right. you know, all and, and, and larger numbers. So um, we just cast uh, the act one show, 100 Dresses, and there's like 13 people in it. And that's ages three, sorry, grades three through six. Okay. okay. So cool. that's going to be a really awesome experience. Yeah, you know? those those guys are really going to be able to dive in uh -huh. and, and do some work that mm -hmm. they wouldn't be able to otherwise. Mm -hmm. That's so. right. That's, that's awesome. Right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So it is that has that has been the, just the youth education program alone. <laughs> yeah, it has exploded. And yeah, I it's, know. It's awesome though, and Zuzu is looking very. Oh, she's starting great. kindergarten this year. Oh so my gosh. She's looking forward to being able to be in oh, part of that. That oh, will be wonderful. So. Tell me, do you have a secret talent that people don't know about? something you're good at <laughs> i do a share impression oh do you <laughs> just leave it at that okay stevie we'll, next too but awesome. we'll just leave it there okay we won't make you do it live <laughs> i i prefer to have my wig on to be honest with you. <laughs> she's got to get in character <laughs> cool. the right shoes as well awesome <laughs> All right. Tell me, do you, what's the most used emoji on your phone? Do you use emojis? Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> the eye roll. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you. I had such a great time. No problem. Thanks Just for like stopping by. Hanging out with my friends. Yeah. We are also sponsored by Lucky Rabbit Tattoos. You can find out more at LuckyTats.com. Today we want to talk about their piercer, Joshua Barnes. He is from Newcastle and has been piercing for seven years. He lives a vegan lifestyle. Good luck with that. I think that sounds great. <laughs> I like, I like, we like meat. I like steak too much, but hey, meat that's okay. Meat and cheese. Yum. <laughs> He's also an animal lover. He loves spending time with his dog Scout and playing music with his band, The Electric Doom Wagon is the name. Nice. I know. That's pretty cool. He's a self-proclaimed emo stud. And when he's not piercing or playing music, you'll find him outdoors, mountain biking, and hiking. You can find out about him and all of Lucky Rabbit Tattoos at LuckyTats.com. Emo stud. I don't know what that means. They gave it to me. <laughs> All right. Tell me about this guy, Bob Larson. So just to back a up a little bit. backstory here. <laughs> the other night, Angie is showing me this video of Bob Larson, and he is a 
exorcism expert or yeah like uh, an exorcist i guess you could call him and uh, uh i died laughing watching you you have to go to youtube you have to look up <laughs> just bob larson. larson youtube you'll find him he's everywhere he's got his own youtube channel he's very self-promotional you'll find him now you've no- known about him for quite a while oh forever he's very evangelical um which is how i grew up and all that kind of thing so yeah. uh very charismatic speaking in tongues um so i've known about him for years but apparently matt has not heard of him so <laughs> no no that was the first time i ever saw him it, yeah it was it was crazy right so to me growing up it wasn't that crazy because because we've talked about this before, but people did have demons and get cast out devils and that kind of stuff when I was growing up. But Bob Larson does it in a little bit different of a way. Yeah. Um, he like talks to the demons and things like that. <laughs> and that was probably the funniest part. I mean, it because is the funniest. Because these people were like growling. And, <sighs> exactly. Somebody just... threw up on the floor Ugh. and it was gross, but he like, he talks to them. Tell me your name. How many generations what? have you been? <laughs> And then he like stabs them with the sword of God. The Bible. Yes, the Bible. He puts it behind their back and then he kind of like sucker punches them. Yeah, and he kind of like hits them with it. And they're like, oh! <laughs> and I'm like, no wonder. You just sucker punched <laughs> him. Just, and they'll, he'll Not hit him the in wind, the head. He'll hit him in the, the head. <laughs> yeah, it's like crazy. I'm going to hit you with the sword of the spirit. Thunk. Yeah, <laughs> sword of the spirit. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, you obviously didn't grow up in church because you would know what the sword of the spirit is. Uh, and the helmet of salvation and the... The helmet of salvation. Oh, that's, yeah, there's a whole. Oh, the armor of. The armor of God. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, we can talk about that at a different time. I thought the Ark of the Covenant just did everything. Well, so. that's that's in Indiana Jones. <laughs> I know, but it like wiped out. It's in the Bible. Come no, on. that's in the Bible too. But It wiped out all the, all the, all the people. All the people nearby, but not like everybody <laughs> in the world. <laughs> it was like a giant laser beam. That's anyway. only. <laughs> That scared the Jesus out of me when I was a kid. Indiana Jones, when they opened the ark, yeah. it was like everybody melts and their faces fall off or whatever. Oh, that was scary. As an evangelical person who did, <laughs> people did get demons cast out of them and Jesus did do things like that. I was like, holy crap, what's happening? <laughs> All right. Back, Sorry, back, back to Bob. Bob, Bob <laughs> so, so Bob's sitting there and he's stabbing people with the sword of the sword sp- of the spirit sword of the spirit and uh and and doing his good works and everything yeah like and that. everybody has to pray because and he does these like in convention centers like in like hotel like conference rooms and yeah stuff. they're in conference i mean i'm rooms. sure he does it at churches too but he does like an exorcism school where you can go and learn or he'll go and like bring your people and we'll cast out demons or whatever so they're in like these conference rooms of hotels which i think is straight <laughs> slightly weird uh anyway so he's casting the devils out and he's like tell me your name and then they're like my name is legion <laughs> there was one where she <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it was like he said he was like had the spirit of an egyptian priest or something yeah. And so they, he had the, like, we're going to tell you to break the chains of this Egyptian priest. And then he started speaking in ancient Egyptian that nobody could pronounce, could translate. Yeah, what, he was like, what did he say? What did he say? And the other guy's like, I, oh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, it's ancient Egyptian. It's so far back that we can't translate it. I'm like, uh, maybe. I don't know. Eventually he talks to them. He gets their names. He gets how many generations that they've been afflicting this family or whatever mm-hmm. and then he cast like come out come out come out come out and eventually they scream enough and they writhe around and then somebody barfs on the floor and then the demon is out and everything is then the person's like back to normal <laughs> so if you've never heard of this like me again 
Bob Larson, look him up on YouTube. Right. You'll find a few videos. It's disturbing, but it's fun. strange. <laughs> and I'm not like I did grow up in this, and people really still do believe in it. And I don't want to knock it. If this is your thing, that's fine. But the way Bob Larson does it is weird, <laughs> and I'm not sure about that. And a little entertaining. I mean, it is entertaining. So there you go. Check it out. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at GoneBoss.com or hashtag GoneBoss. We're on Instagram at GoneBoss2K or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you like what you hear today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Our premier sponsor today was the Schaefer Leadership Academy. Find out more at SchaeferLeadership.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Rabbit Tattoos. Check them out at LuckyTats.com. Have a great rest of your day and don't forget to tune in next week and find out who has gone boss. boss.